All right. Welcome back to the Pricewell channel, everyone. Uh, today is a fun episode with uh, none other than our friend Greg Hilton. Uh, we haven't really uh, specifically worked with Greg. If you follow the SIRS, he was on an episode with us uh, late last year. Um, Greg has been a longtime friend of mine in the industry. He has worked for different companies in the industry, and we're, we'll get into what he's done. Uh, but overall, has been a really, uh, we should have a fun relationship just behind the scenes uh, discussing the industry. So uh, we've got some uh, great new news for, for Greg, and we want to get on here. We have the exclusive on the story. I have to say, I'm super stoked. We're going to be breaking some cool news. And uh, so I just want to thank you for joining us, Greg, and, and congratulations on the new digs. Awesome, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again. The uh, Sirius podcast was awesome. Definitely have to get that going again sometime soon for a little fun. Get fun. So let's talk about, uh, well, let's, let's, let's keep the suspense a little bit longer. Let's talk about where you've (laughs) been before, before everyone can, uh, I mean, if you want to fast forward to where you are now, but let's, let's talk about (laughs) where you've been before. Yeah. So for the last, I mean, we touched on it a little bit in the Sirius podcast, but I've been in the industry professionally for about eight years uh before that for like a year and a half or so i did a lot of freelance work for influencers at the time it wasn't even really influencers like when instagram first really came out but uh athletes like chris villa ryan hughes and then obviously i worked with some of the companies that they were behind so at the time it was gaspari i think uh, with ryan i did a lot of work for p28 bread with all max with mhp just um like way, way back and super on the side. I was still in college. I was still kind of just, you know, I was a personal trainer. I was just doing some freelance work, but in 2012, late 2012, early 2013, I started full-time with muscle sport. Um, I actually kind of, I got that gig because I was doing freelance t-shirt design for them. And then they were local uh, on Long Island run base. So I went into the office. I I chatted with Matt Acton at the time who was, and yeah, so he was an athlete for them. Um, and he did some marketing and whatnot with them. So chatted with him, Jason, the CEO, and I ended up getting offered a full-time gig to say, hey, listen, we don't have a marketing department. Like, why don't you just hop in and, you know, you're going to be wearing a lot of hats and just try to build something. So it was cool. It was at the time, other than manufacturing, it was really just the CEO, one uh, one sales rep who was the Phoebe of sales after that, and then me. So I got a chance to work in a lot of like cool areas of the industry. So I did everything from invoicing to customer service. I packed orders. Um, I kind of built all the social media. So the Instagram, the Facebook, and then it was cool. I kind of just got to learn the industry and learn, you know, marketing as a whole through that. Even though, I mean, it's what I went to school for, but this industry is not your typical standard, you know, like marketing model. So it's, uh, it was definitely interesting, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a hell of a ride for eight years. I think it's one reason I get along with you really well is we've both like worn a lot of hats, like we've oh, yeah. done a lot of stuff across the board. We can talk ingredients, but we can also talk marketing. For sure. Um, and a lot of people are very like one trick pony in this industry, I find. Um, yeah, it's it's super specialized for the most part. So, so you, how long were you at Muscle Sport? Did you, did you jump in as CMO or did that take you a while to get there? Um, so there was really no title. I, like back when I first started, it was really just three of us. You know, it was the CEO. Um, I, I want to say the VP of sales, but he, I don't know if that was really his title back then or not. And then... Um, I think my first business card said director of marketing, but again, it was like, it was all kind of made up and then just, the, I kind of grew into the role. So at that time it was, I was way less specialized. So I was doing a ton of just regular business development, whether it be sales. Um, I did a lot of the branding, obviously in 2013, we completely rebranded that company. So uh, I spearheaded that. And then 
then it grew into like what I would consider a real CMO role. So when we started to work with fitness informant or stacked and we started doing some outside marketing and whatever it might be. And, and then we started to kind of run trade shows and things started to grow and then vitamin shop and bodybuilding.com. So it, it, the, the role like went as like a cool business card when I was 22 to like an actual career at a certain, probably I'd say like four or five years in. I get that. So, so obviously that ran its course and uh, you know, obviously I, I know you you left on good terms with muscle sport, but everybody mm-hmm. needs to move forward in the industry. And you've now moved on to becoming the president of an up and coming company. That's, I think they've been around a couple of years, but looks like you're really going to be in charge of uh, bringing it to the forefront of the industry. Yeah. So I signed on as president of Nutri Innovations. So Nutri Innovations is, it's an extremely small company right now. Um, it is attached to a much larger manufacturer. So they have been around for a little while. Um, the people behind the brand are actually pretty dug into this industry. They've had a couple different companies through the past, um, along with the manufacturing. So it's cool. I mean, again, yeah, I left muscle sport as, as friendly as humanly possible. It was just for me, um, I love forward momentum and I kind of want to keep moving as fast as I can. And I guess like for, I think we talked about it a little bit in the podcast originally, but like my biggest passion is building a brand. So I love, I love ground up, you know, that's why it was so cool to start with muscle sport when there was really nothing going on. I got a chance to, although again, it was pretty set in with the brick and mortars, just like Nutri Innovation is right now. I got a chance to kind of really take that to the forefront, you know, rebrand everything and, and bring a little bit of like my style into the brand. And, and then like, it just kind of real like rolled from there. So for me, it's kind of the same with Nutria. Um, I am basically empowered to do whatever I want at this point. So we did do a complete new rebranding uh, that all happened in basically the last week. So we just launched the new website. We just launched all the new labels. Those will be rolling out this week. But it's cool, man. I mean, I'm pumped to to kind of learn from all the mistakes I've made and the mistakes I've seen other brand owners make and, and things like that and try to take it into the next level and, and just kind of bring new innovations from the background to the foreground. And just, I want to do something a little bit different. I want to, this industry, and especially like for me, I mentioned a little bit to you over this last year with the whole pandemic and what's going on with small businesses and you're, you're seeing everybody and everyone's struggling to stay afloat. And, you know, the only people right now that are winning are the government and kind of, you know, big pharma or big tech or big retail or e-com at that point. So I really want to try to figure out a way to bring this brand to the forefront while supporting all the brick and mortars that have kind of helped my career personally, but also do what I did with muscle sport and kind of give it that mainstream vibe, you know, build that brand awareness to the direct to consumer that doesn't care about the business model, but support the people who are helping you build the company along with it. So. Yeah, I'm I guess I know, I, know, I know what you mean. That like small to medium size, that that journey at that point is really fun because it's when you start cultivating a community and you really start to like figure out like who you are and uh, it's an exciting time and the momentum is like it never, uh, once you get past that medium to large size, like that momentum doesn't feel the same. You know, you're, you're yeah, kind of for sure. Sitting. You're kind of sitting yeah. on your success. Yeah. And that's, and for me, it's one of those things where I decided probably five or six years ago that I could never do anything corporate and don't get me wrong. Like muscle board did not go corporate at all, but like I could never go sit in a cubicle and deal with manager over manager over manager. It's just, it's not my style. I love building. I think um, uh, just in a business perspective, I think the whole like C level is going to switch soon. You're not going to need so many layers to companies. And I think we're finding that out now with, you know, you're seeing small direct to consumer brands come out and with three or four people build a multi multi million dollar company. And 
I think everything's changing a little bit and everything's getting a little slimmer and yeah. people are working, you know, a little smarter rather than, you know, thick. Do you think that uh, it's important for your style of brand building that you work with a manufacturer? Um, I do. Uh, you know what? I, I, had, I really never thought about it, but realistically, like I love the, like, I love launch culture. I love bringing people into the background of the company and kind of like, all right, we're going to come out with a brand new seasonal release um, or something based on a holiday or whatever it might be. And it's a lot easier to do that with a manufacturer because you're not waiting on someone else's business to make sure that you can launch your product. And right. I get a lot of time to sample things. I mean, realistically, my girlfriend hates me right now because Chad and the people over at Nutrient Innovations have been sending me package after package after package, just mm-hmm. tasting new flavors and trying to get everything approved. And it's part of the process that I love. But, you know, like with if you're working with a separate manufacturer, it's harder to get that feeling. It's harder to really kind of like own your product. So yeah. I think for the way that I like building brands with launches and creating a little bit of hype and a little culture behind it, I think it's 100% beneficial. You have so much more of an opportunity uh, if you can document the actual process yourself. For sure. Um, you know, all those sketchy baggies of samples and stuff. I mean, it, 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 <laughs> it builds, you know, and if you have to wait, I mean, I've, I've been there. I worked with Kobe Edmonds before and you have like an eight week lead time and you have to wait a week and a half for every flavor sample. It's yep. different than like being in the lab, you know, changing your, your assets, doing all of that stuff in yep. person, you know? So uh, yeah, obviously sure. you're still in long Island, right? You're, you're not. Yeah. So I'm remote. Um, the manufacturer and the brand headquarters is in Buckhead, Georgia. So it's still a little separate, but again, because of how, how quickly we're able to do things. I mean, I get packages overnight. It's me every night. It's almost like mm-hmm. being in the office and not for nothing. Chad, the uh, CEO over there FaceTimes me every six and a half minutes. So it's basically <laughs> like I live in Georgia <laughs> at this point, but uh, I mean, I'll probably end up being down there at least once or twice a month, um, at least in the beginning. But uh, yeah, it's cool. I still, I love being remote. Yeah. Uh, I, it took a little bit for me to get used to it, but once you get used to it, it's like, it is great. Yeah. So uh, tell us what we can expect from uh, Nutrient Innovations. You're not a huge formula guy, but like, wh- tell us a little bit about the products. Tell us a little bit about the, the personality and the, the attitude we can expect from you guys. For sure. Um, so as far as the formulas go, I mean, that's the one thing I will say. Chad is an absolute genius when it comes to formulating products. And if you've ever tried any of the, the products now, well, you'll, you're going to get them in the mail this week. So you will regardless. But um, I have been taking my favorites, Epitome and 24 hour pump. So Epitome is kind of our flagship non-prop pre-workout. Um, and then we have Mach 9, which is kind of our concentrated version of that way more high stim, but the 24 hour pump is ridiculous. Some of these formulas are super simple, but like when I say they're effective, you're going to, uh, you'll try it. I want to, I want you to just FaceTime you while you're at the gym and you're trying <laughs> these things because you're, it's going to be, it's just a different, like. It's been a while, you know, when you're in the industry for a while, especially like you, you're trying a ton Mm -hmm. of products all the time. You get a little burnt out, right? Like it's hard to get excited about products really. I mean, I know you have to because it's price plow and you, Mm -hmm. you know, you you have to do what you're doing. But like for me, it's, it's doing, doing it all the time and constantly trying new things. It's hard to get excited. So when I got excited about these formulas that I was saying, like, it's, it's awesome, man. It felt really cool. I, uh, it's, it's kind of funny because. Uh, if you watched our stories a week and a half ago, I actually tried a formula that Chad made for another company. And I'm not obviously going to go too far into that, but uh, <laughs> it was, I was not suspect. I wasn't suspecting to, to have what happened to me, what happened oh, to me. 
you I know, saw the text. I saw yeah. the text. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's it's just funny what uh, Chad can. I mean, with the proper overages and the proper dosaging. Yeah. Almost kind of calls into consideration if a lot of these brands are putting into the product what they say they are. And that's a conversation that Chad has brought up a lot of times. I don't think you and I need to get into here. We'll leave that for yeah, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, so here's yeah. on that regard. So here's my thing. Like, I'm never going to talk shit about another brand, um, but sure. there is a clear difference when you take a product and don't get me wrong. Like with muscle sport, I love those products too. I'm not, I'll never say anything negative about those guys, especially because I represented that for the last eight years of my life. But you know, you go and you try this product that everyone's saying is the best there. You see all these reviews on it and it's like, all right, it's, you know, it's good. I feel it. And then like, I got these in the mail and I started to try them and I was like, this is insane, man. Like this is, yeah. you know, I haven't been excited to take a supplement in a while, but yeah, I re- I saw the text that, uh, that you well, said. It goes, I mean, it goes to say something when like, you know, there are so many brands out here, we see them popping up overnight that are just kids that take every single ingredient that they can recognize, throw it in a formula, right. have some co-man make it for $17, you know, and it, it, and it, it performs decently well, but then you have someone like Chad come out use a half of that and it kicks your ass yeah there's something to be said about synergy yeah yeah so So, um so you guys are are majorly brick and mortar right now or should we be expecting more e-commerce because that's kind of you have good relationships with with brick and mortar but Mm -hmm. um should we expect a lot of e-commerce with you um yes but in the most careful way that I could possibly express that statement. So here's my thing. I, I truly do think, I know, I don't know if you're in that supplement group on Facebook or not. And I just had a conversation a couple of days ago, yeah. but I truly think that there is a way to do both. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of these brands that really struggle to either be, if they, if they say they're brick and mortar and then they start to struggle there, they start to just go dive headfirst into Facebook ads and, then it's a discount price war right to the bottom. And I really think that there's a way to do both. Um, On the marketing end of things, I'm going to market the same way that I have been for the eight years. So I'm going to be building a culture. I am going to be bringing on brand ambassadors. I am going to be trying to collaborate with other brands, with other people, other influencers, and do a lot of the cool mainstream things from there. But on a price standpoint and a protection standpoint, I am going to be focusing on brick and mortar. So just because, I mean, I think honestly, not only are those the guys in our industry right now that need the most help and the most support, and they've supported me personally over the last eight years, but it's also, I think it's a great way to build longevity for your brand. I mean, anyone can go out there and they're just going to throw a couple million dollars into direct to consumer, and maybe it'll catch for a year, maybe a little more, maybe a couple of them will get super, super lucky and blow up like Redcon or blow up like Ghost. But the reason that Redcon and Ghost blow up is because they create something authentic to go along with that. So um, that's, I mean, realistically, that's my goal. My goal is to create authenticity. I want to do some super cool creative things. And then I think it's just the perfect storm because what I plan to bring to the industry on the marketing and the brand awareness side, I think with the formulas that we have, it's, it's something special. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly kind of where I wanted to go with that question. You handled it the way that I think we're on the same brainwave because cool. I know that you want to advertise and create a community and, 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 drive awareness and then you also ha- always have that worry from brick and mortar that you're going to steal their customers you know but right in a, right in a perfect world the awareness that you create will drive consumers into physical brick locations right? for sure and it's hard because you see some of the brands that that create that brand awareness super fast and they don't even give 
brick and mortar the time to like hate them for it mm-hmm. because people are already walking into stores asking for it. So I guess that's really the challenge is to how do you express that you're trying to create a ton of brand awareness without expressing that you want to undercut stores? Because right. for me, I mean, I never understood, you know, like I heard, I hear a lot of the store complaints, um, even if I haven't been as active in that group for a while, but I hear a lot of people talking about how, you know, anyone with a brand ambassador, they're just going to grab your customers and they're going to drive them to their own website. Right. In eight years of doing Facebook ads and D2C marketing with my previous brand, I have never once went on Instagram and found a local, you know, really high performing store, found one of their customers or one of their like brand ambassadors and said, Hey man, you know, I'll give you a code, come work. Like that to me, I don't care about an $80 sale every month compared right. to, you know, what a store can do for me in terms of, and not even just monetarily. I mean, like, yeah, the store, I would have to create, you know, do a, a ton of things on the direct consumer end to make up for a really solid loyal store. But not only that, it's, it's hard because those stores create legitimacy. You know what I mean? Like there, there are other people that work hard and, you know, these are small business owners that want to kind of push your brand and build your brand for you almost in, in a sense. And then I, I just don't think that these brands are as malicious as stores make them out to be, but mm-hmm. I, it's the challenge is kind of getting to that next level without ostracizing them in the process and it's right. and that's going to be fun so yeah i don't think brands are as i think malicious is the right word for it they might be thinking like we need to you know succeed at whatever cost but they're right. not outwardly thinking like you know fuck these brick and mortar stores for so sure. uh yeah I, I i mean we've seen you do it before at kodiak and muscle sports so I'm, I'm sure it'll be able to work this way um and hopefully i mean I know you have great communication with your stores as well as part of the pro- part of the thing because even Perfect. though you were cmo like you were in that group. I'm not in the group anymore. Steve Calabrese, if you're watching this, I'd like to be added back in. But uh, <laughs> you know, oh, you got kicked. I, I think I, I, I don't think I'm with the brand, so I think they probably just thought that you know I was some reloader or something. But yeah, yeah I think uh, I think that you should be able to to put that together. And and going into 2021, we saw so much with uh, brick and mortar stores how much they suffered last year. So right. Yeah, and then it's it's tough too because you see the brands that um, that have a, like. I know, especially in that group, I saw a lot of people complaining during the pandemic uh, when a ton of stores closed, a ton of gyms closed. And, you know, some of these even legacy brands, I wouldn't even say brands, you know, the size of muscle sport where I was, but more a little a little higher than that. They started to resort to a very rapid direct to consumer model during the pandemic right. because I, it's it's hard. It's hard to pivot fast. It's hard to pivot without real thought. It's hard to kind of change your whole business model overnight. But you have to understand that these brands, you know, if your local store, unless you're a huge 60 store chain, you're not dealing with the same overhead that these brands are. You're not dealing with the same payroll that these brands are. So a lot of these people were seriously, seriously worried about going out of business. They didn't know how long stores were going to be shut down. A lot of these legacy brands really rely on gym business and, you know, gyms out in California are still shut down. I have, you know, stores that are inside gyms in California that I don't know how they're going to feed their family now. So, and there's really no, like, it doesn't even look like there's any hope in sight for that. So I guess for me, it's like watching these brands struggle. It's almost like, what else are they going to do? How do you create an authentic community overnight? So what do they have to do? They have to take their budget and reshuffle it into Facebook ads and run discounts and hammer email marketing. And it's, it's tough because then at that point, you just turn your back on all these stores and they, they're going to hate you forever for it. And eventually this is all going to lift and you're going to need those guys again. And I just, 
I don't think that's the move, but I don't, I can't say that I, I don't understand it. Cause I do. Yeah. There's one brand in, in, in particular that I would probably think of as a legacy company, but isn't, you know, they're not quite muscle tech or anything like that, but they went right. straight from having a very large outside sales team to running like 50% off every day. You know um, mean? can we say the brand? Can I, I think I know the oh, brand. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I the Nutrex? Yeah. It's Nutrex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's because that's what I, and that's actually what I was referencing. And I don't know, I actually don't know anyone at Nutrex. I don't know anyone. Uh, it's one of the only companies that I literally don't have a single contact there. So yeah. I, I don't want to say anything bad about them. Um, but I oh, did. Well, from my understanding, went. it worked actually. Uh, from, from, oh, yeah? from my understanding, they actually did create a decent amount of direct to consumer traffic. and and Which is cool. And then yeah. and realistically, if they can, if they can float that for now, they can, you know, pivot back to building a serious community with it too. And, and even maybe switch their business model and start supporting the brick and mortars again. But yeah. Well, for what it's worth, they also did it with a new line too. They didn't right, I value that. the old line. They launched a new line that was, not that it's cheap, it was made to be able to be promoted, right? Right, Which is of course. Built in. Um, and so, I mean, in my opinion, they didn't devalue their old products, which was the best thing they could do for their brick right. and mortar, right? Their old- Right, because then it still supports them, so. Yeah, the Clinical Edge series still worked for brands. Uh, but, you know, talk about a really- I don't want to say desperate. It sounds bad, but a situation where you got to make things work. Of course. Yeah, man, it is desperate. I mean, I look, I, I dealt with it too. I took a pretty significant pay cut for a couple months. I worked from home. Um, it was, it was rough and we didn't know what was going to happen, obviously, especially with trying to figure out the PPP loans and, and whatnot yeah. is it's a nightmare. So you, it's hard to plan ahead. And that's what building a brand really is, is thinking a year from now, five years from now, no, everyone stopped doing that this year. And, because they couldn't, like everyone was just trying to figure out the next five months. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sometimes you have to, and uh, it's going to be interesting, but I think it seems like the majority of people have ever covered in 2021. Yeah. Um, I mean, luckily my former company definitely did. Um, it was, it was cool. I like, I like the fact that we could see opportunity and everything too. So like things slowed down tremendously. So not only could we focus on switching our business model a little bit and trying to, you know, stay afloat for those few months where it really hurt, but also fixing some of the things that were broken or some of the things that a rapidly growing company doesn't have time to stop and fix because they're too busy growing. So it's, I would say for some people, blessing the skies for others, obviously gym owners. And, you know, I know a ton of people, a ton of restaurant owners and things like that, that aren't so lucky. So it's, it's rough. But right. yeah, I mean, you can't, as a restaurant owner, you're not going to switch to a direct to consumer model, you know? So it's, no. <laughs> it's not exactly the easiest thing in the world. Cool. Well, can you tell us, so you have, you mentioned the 24 hour pump, the uh, concentrated pre-workout and the epitome in terms mm -hmm. of like future goals or lines, or is there anything that you guys have your eyes set on uh, further down? Yeah. So I have three definite products slated within the next six months or so. Um, I'll tell you what they are, but uh, formulas are still, so we're actually, we are formulating with a doctor right now on two of them. Um, so I'll tell you the one that we're not, cause it's a lot more simple. So we are going to be dropping a whey isolate, just a pure clean whey isolate protein. Uh, we're going to make it a little special. So it's not just going to be straight whey isolate. Uh, that will be the only protein source though. We're going to do some crazy things in terms of flavors with that also. Um, and then the two that I'm extremely excited about, we are going to be running a powdered thermogenic and a powdered sleep aid. So those are two that kind of like, I love sleep products. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of sleep products. So 
that kind of hits me a little bit. So we're, we're working super, super hard to create something that the industry hasn't really seen yet with those two products. But uh, I can't give you a full time on, on those. I'm not sure which one's going to be out first. Um, we kind of have a, a little creative genius working on them right now. And, you know, which he goes down into his little bunker and whenever he comes out, the product's done. So we'll yeah, see. I've heard but, about uh, the bunker. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. yeah told me it might actually be a bunker. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, after 2020, I think I should have invested in one. <laughs> For real. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. And then, um, yeah, that's it. Just those three that are slated right now. And we might be coming out with an EAA also, just a straight EAA. Okay. EAAs, I mean, I feel like a, a source of aminos are, uh, they're in such high demand, but it's really just, for, in my opinion, it's a, it's a ability to flex on flavor. Right. Right, right, exactly. Cover that pretty well now. Um, pre-workouts. I mean, I don't know what yours tastes like, but in general, I feel like aminos right now you can flavor better than pre-workouts for the most part. Yeah, as long as you can cover the leucine, it's it's pretty easy. Um, our pre, dude. Our, I mean, coming from where I came from, which is obviously peak flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say that the stuff that we have is incredible. Like I was blown fruit. away because what? I was joking. Outside of the forbidden fruit. But that, I mean, that, that wasn't, that's not fair. That's not fair. Yeah, it, it's, it, that's definitely not fair. That's also like the, I don't know, that's like trying to make a Rolls Royce cheap though too. So it's, it's harder <laughs> to flavor that. But um, yeah, so I mean, but again, like I was taken back because I always thought that, you know, we had the best flavors in the industry and I still think that muscle sport does, but these are insane, man. And what I've seen as far as samples, I actually have all of the new products sitting at my apartment right now, but I had to get here to do this before I could uh, grab them. But I mean, the flavors that we had are nuts and they're only getting better. I, it's, it's a really cool time in the industry because uh, not that anyone can be incredible at flavoring, but the flavor science has improved so much and you can go to these flavor companies and learn so much right. that uh, it really, it's becoming, I don't want to say an even playing field because there still is the muscle sports, the ghosts, you know, the, the right. companies that like obviously excel, but uh, you know, in my opinion, you don't have an excuse to have a bad flavor anymore. Yeah, that's that's the one change that I was, I mean, I'm pretty young, but being in the industry the eight years, like when I started, it was hard to find a good, strong pre-workout that tasted good or a protein that didn't taste chalky. Now it's like, if you taste one that doesn't taste good, you're almost surprised. So like mm-hmm. even these smaller companies that are doing like super micro batch runs, uh, they have pretty decent flavors. So I think that's one of the things that I learned at my old company. And um, one of the things we did to kind of still stay ahead of the curve is do some interesting flavors that no one else was mm-hmm. doing. So to make some of those more unique flavors taste good is a lot harder than, you know, your normal tropical fruit punch, you know, blueberry lemonade type of thing. Yeah. I feel like my, my time at Nutri, we were like the last company to like come into good flavors. And I mean, right. being the transparency, the quality company, like, you know, it was on brand, but right now, like you, you, if you buy a chocolate protein and it tastes bad, like, it's yeah, not, exactly. Like, it's not allowed, you know? So, yep. Cool. Well, yeah, I think that there's, covers, there's no for it. I think that covers everything for, for everything going on. Um, could, do you want to like give us your Instagrams, your, all, all the, the socials for Nutra Innovations and yourself? For sure. So it is just Nutra Innovation on Instagram and then Facebook is Facebook forward slash Nutra Innovations. 
Uh, you're going to be seeing a lot more of that. What I did as soon as I took over the social media is deleted everything. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I deleted absolutely everything. I feel I'm sorry for the old social media manager, but uh, I deleted everything um, and I wanted to start completely fresh. So we are, our content's going to start piling in next week. And then uh, obviously now that I've made this announcement, you're going to see some content from me. And that also means that I need to get back in shape. So maybe I'll come down to Jersey and train with you a little bit. Let's do it. Uh, and I think also uh, we mentioned a, a giveaway. So I think uh, this week, let's put together like a stacker. When is the product going to be actually available? Oh, this week. We're moving quick, man. I mean, um, I, I kind of pressured HQ to get everything done quick. They pressured me to get everything done quick on, on the marketing end of things. And it's cool. So everything will be in new labels by the end of this week. And um, couple new flavors will be coming out in the next couple weeks so yeah man i mean i'm good for friday if you are well friday uh if you're listening to this before friday of the first week of february there's gonna be a giveaway so (laughs) (laughs) cool man well so uh so happy for you congratulations uh we'll cut this one short because we don't need a ton of info on this but we'll have you back on the service we'll have some other stuff going on and absolutely uh, and cool. We'll be keeping up with you. I'm sure uh, everyone will see co- some content coming soon on uh, Nutrient Innovations. Well, that's a lot to talk about soon. Cool. Absolutely, man. All right. Thanks for joining. Hey.